everybody. This is Stephanie Ruper. Thank you so much for tuning into the Naked Humanity podcast, where we try to figure out what it means to be human. Today is episode number 48X, and I am addressing the concept of slut shaming. Now, I know this might not seem like a usual topic for this podcast, but it should. It is. We just haven't gotten around to it yet. Slut shaming is hugely important for today's culture. It's a big idea. Lots of people have a lot of feelings about it. It's politically divisive. And it has a lot to bear on us as a species, as how we bifurcate genders, as how we ascribe values and norms to different genders. And what do we do about it? You know, it's incredibly, incredibly important. And I happen to feel passionate about it and also felt like this listener question really needed to be addressed because I want this listener to hear what I have to say about this, I think it could perhaps be helpful. So today, generally speaking, I'm going to talk about the ways in which we construct concepts and how they can be used in positive or negative ways, of course, and how we put these on genders and what we, what we should do about it, in my opinion. So jumping into the question by a person who chose to remain anonymous, They wrote, I'm a 19-year-old female and I became sexually active at uni at 18. I've had sex with four different people. I know for some that is barely anybody, but for the majority of people, four in a year is a lot. How would you address this? Am I slut-shaming myself? Am I a slut? Or is a slut just a concept? Okay, my response. So the end of this question is very interesting. Am I slut shaming myself? Am I a slut or is it just a concept? Technically, you could respond yes or no to all three of these questions in any combination because they're all related. So are you slut shaming yourself? Well, that's a question of are you shaming yourself? And it sounds to me like, yes, you are. Uh, Are you a slut? Well, that's very tricky. That depends on how you define the concept of a slut and then whether you want to identify with it. So I'll start with the definition. Um, It's incredibly varied and across our culture, basically it denotes a person, usually a woman, but not exclusively, uh, who is deemed too sexually promiscuous. But the measures by which this is deemed too promiscuous, varies incredibly, right? And it's usually said with a negative connotation, but you can also choose, as many people do, to reclaim the word. There's a book called uh, The Ethical Slut, which is about how this person's, this author's perspective on how being very loving, having many different sexual partners is actually a really good thing. It makes you a good person right? So there are so many different ways to look at this. Generally speaking, it's a cultural way. It's a way of taking a word and using it to use somebody's sexuality to imply that they are a bad person in some way or another. The word itself is not usually meant to be something good. Of course, like I said, there are exceptions. It's not usually meant to be something good. So the question for you that I ask you then is, 
okay, do you think it's bad to be promiscuous? Because that's essentially what the word means. There is no absolute moral reason to think that you can be a better or worse person depending on how many people you slept with. There are, of course, differing opinions uh, on this issue. A pretty standard traditional Christian opinion for a wide variety of reasons would be like, yes, you are maybe possibly putting yourself at risk of bad behavior if you sleep around. Now, the way that this would be conceptualized is that if you are not married to somebody that you have sex with, then there is a chance that you are using them for your own ends. And this in itself would be the ultimate sin, would be to use somebody for your own ends. I don't disagree with that idea, but I also think it's possible to sleep with people and be of service to not necessarily be using them. And that is a complex ethical and metaphysical question that you could get into. The question really for you, it's always about deciding what feels best for you and understanding that number of partners has nothing to do with how good of a person you are. What really matters in terms of how good a person you are is A, are you, are, are you trying to treat people well? And B, are, are you doing this consistently? And are you making efforts, even if you're failing to treat people well, are you making efforts to do it better? Generally speaking, having a lot of sexual partners for a woman or a guy doesn't mean much of anything. We do know that there are pickup artists in the world who sleep with hundreds of people every year, maybe even. Uh, and yeah, a lot of them use people. And I don't think that's particularly great. But that's not what the concept of slut is about. The concept of slut isn't about use, because use is usually, generally speaking, something that the category of man does to the category of woman, right? To use sexually for some sort of sexual gratification or conquest. The idea of slut is more quote unquote receptive, quote unquote female. Uh, it's more about uh, luring men into sin. The history of this concept is basically, right? We look, we go all the way back to Adam and Eve. And of course, even further, because Adam and Eve come out of a culture in which these ideas were a thing, go all the way back to Adam and Eve, and women are constantly being blamed for men deviating. So when you look at the history of Christianity and Western monotheisms in general, so Christianity, Judaism, Islam, and all the very many branches therein, when you go back, you see very early on in many branches, not all of them, uh, an aversion to the body and sin and sexuality as something that takes away from your efforts to devote yourself to God, to devote yourself to being moral, to devote yourself to service of a higher good, right? There was a sense in which sexuality is deemed something that is distracting, something that is earthly, something that is basic, something that is not capable of being in touch with the moral, the ethical, the higher goods, the beautiful, the true, etc. And men felt a lot of lust and men were in a lot of power. And so they scapegoated women, historically scapegoated women and said, oh, it's their fault. 
And throughout history, women have been associated with the animal, the dark, pulling men into these lustful, you know, rages, rampages, whatever. And that tells this, that tells the history of the West and so much about our gender dynamics unfolding throughout Western history and this idea of a slut, uh, of a woman who makes men sin and is inherently evil in that way. Obviously, there are a lot of problems with this and we need to do away with this idea. Women and men are both human. People who are non-binary or identify as non-binary, also human. We're all human uh, and we're all born into sexual bodies, although some people choose or are feeling like they're not particularly sexual and that's fine as well. And we're all responsible for how we relate to that. And unfortunately, today, men have been cultured into hypersexualization, right? Not only is there this predisposition, perhaps, from having a lot of testosterone to being more sexually forward, sexually aggressive, seeking more sexual partners. It makes evolutionary sense that men would seek more sexual partners, which is so ironic that women are often called sluts and blamed for having many sexual partners, right? We know this. This is so typical of university settings where men, young men go out and spread their seed or whatever and learn how to conquer and whatever. I'm saying whatever a lot. And women are are punished or looked down upon if they do something similar, right? In today's world, men are cultured into this, into sexualizing women, into demonizing women, into seeing them as sexual objects because of this long history. And women are encouraged to feel badly about themselves, to feel bad about their sexuality, to hide their sexuality. Uh, because it is weaponized against men. And we see this in dress codes in schools, right? Where girls' clothing is really policed and we say, well, boys will be boys. You need to not tempt them, right? It's all a part of the same stuff, the same culture of the male, the power, the boys will be boys. And also, unfortunately, being cultured into this role of of thinking that women are objects to be conquered. You know, it's heartbreaking, actually. And while it certainly sucks more to be on the side in which you are treated as an object, being an objectifier still means that you don't really get intimacy, right? It's hard. It's hurtful. It's isolating. It can lead to violence. And when you're denied sex, quick tangent, right? These men who are denied sex or who don't find sexual partners and for whom sex is the only legitimate way to be intimate because they're not supposed to be emotionally vulnerable because they're men, they can get really upset. They can turn to violence, right? We see this all the time and I'm not absolving anybody of violence for sure. But if we want to fix all of these different problems that hurt women and men, then we really need to deconstruct these norms that we have. So dear Anonymous, as to whether uh, you are a slut, that depends on whether you think this is a term that you want to reclaim. Do you want to turn it into something positive? 
do I think you're an, a bad person or a lesser person or shameful person because you have slept with a few people? No. Uh, for the record, four people a year is, for many people, a, a very low number. And for some, it's a lot. It's all just very context dependent and no morality is attached to it. The question is only as men and as women and as anybody who identifies as anything therein, how do you treat people? Are you respectful? Do you take care of them? Do you prioritize their needs? Do you not use them for your own benefit? Do you communicate empathetically and honestly and openly? These are the questions we need to be asking ourselves. We don't need to think about labels. We don't need to think about participating in these discourses. Let's move beyond them. We need to move beyond these he said, she said, this word, that word. Obviously, it's important to be having conversations about this sort of thing. Obviously, it's important that we engage these conversations about the concept of a slut, you know, and maybe try to reclaim it. But the most important thing is that we look at the deeper layer or we look at the higher layer or whatever, the more ethical layer, the layer that isn't just about uh, promiscuity, but is rather about how you walk in the world, how you take care of people. These are the questions that we should really, really be caring about the most. So those are my thoughts on sluts and slut shaming. I really hope that that has been helpful for you who wrote in. I firmly believe that however we decide to be sexual just needs to be healthy for us. For some people, it's healthy to have this intimacy for short periods of time. For some people, it's really unhealthy and that needs to happen in the context of a long-term relationship. It is so dependent on your needs. And I know that university is a huge, overwhelming time where you have so many questions that you need to be dealing with. It will take time to figure out what works best for you. It always does. And it changes throughout life. Yeah, it's not something that ever really ends, but you do get better senses here and there, figure out how you want to identify, how you want to walk in the world, how you want to take care of other people and yourself. So have a little bit of faith and a little bit of patience. Screw all of the things in the world that make you think that the decisions you make about your health and your body and your well-being should be shameful in any way. No. I'm a hard pass, hard pass for, for shame, especially about the ownership of your own body and well-being. So think about those things. Let me know how it goes. Of course, I'd be so happy to hear from you again and see if you have follow-up questions or if anything has been revelatory for you. Um, as for everybody else tuning in, very quickly, so wrapping up, episode 48X, our winner is... Uh, his name is Nathan again. Nathan's a winner twice. Congratulations. Uh, different Nathan, actually. This is uh, Nathan N. And he has uh, not yet picked a book. You'll notice that I, I record these a little bit ahead of time. And so uh, usually if I email people when I record them, I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer yet, but there's a bunch of books um, this one is one of my favorites. I'm pointing, uh, and love poems from God, which is over there. I give away a free book to a lucky review writer. 
once a week because I like to say thank you for writing a review of this podcast, which is so, so helpful for helping get the word out there. So if you feel so inclined, you want to help us and maybe possibly likely get a free book also, uh, write a review of the podcast, take a screenshot and send it to me at stephanie at nakedhumanity.org or at any of the social media platforms. I will certainly get it. If you want to submit a question to the podcast, if you want me to respond to your question on the next episode, there was a form, an anonymous form on my website, stephanieruper.com slash form. You can get to this form from uh, my Instagram profile or just go to that website, stephanieruper.com slash form. I would so, so much love to hear from you. Please do share with me. People have been writing in a lot and it's so exciting to see uh, the engagement and to hear about what your experiences trying to make sense of this crazy world are like because I can always, always grow through uh, learning from you and connecting with you. So thank you so much, all of you, for turning in. Thank you for writing in with questions. I am Stephanie Ruper. This is Naked Humanity, and I will talk to you next week. Oh,